Hello, my name is Gaia Woods. I am an MA candidate in the Clinical Psychology program at Antioch University, Los Angeles, with a specialization in spiritual depth psychology. I am also an MFT trainee at Women's Clinic Counseling Center, where I work under the supervision of Angela Cordova Dunning, MFT, and Carla Becker, MFT. This recording was made to shine light on the perspectives of spiritual depth psychology professors, students, and alumni here at Antioch University, Los Angeles. This recording was made in conjunction with an independent study for the spiritual depth psychology course entitled Life as Practice, Inner Work, Social Responsibility, and Community Service. Hello and welcome, Susan Clayton. Thank you so much for participating in my series of STP interviews. Thank you for being here. Say hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, so you are a recent Antioch STP alumni. Um, when did you graduate? Um, you just graduated so I just recently. graduated, yes, in spring semester, so June. Wonderful. That's so exciting. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So I would love to hear a little bit about sort of what brought you to SDP and some of your first exposure to SDP or any kind of um, psychology type of interest. Like what was your first exposure to depth psychology? Well, I ended up at Antioch in an interesting way. I had yeah. actually um, studied psychology in undergrad. Oh, wow. You're the was, one. I feel I'm like a one. lot of people at <laughs> That was a very that. long time ago. Yeah. So um, I had come to a crossroads in my life and decided to just completely follow my heart and my purpose and yeah. decided it was time to go back to school and change my career. And at that point, I had already been sort of on my own spiritual journey. So mm -hmm. I had... I've uh, been spending quite a bit of time investigating Buddhism mm. and uh, just in doing some general research of what school I would want to go to for my master's degree, mm -hmm. I stumbled across the spiritual in-depth specialization, which didn't occur to me there was such a thing. Yeah. You know, I graduated college in the 80s, so they didn't have any of these kind of specializations that exist today. Right. So I was just really excited that I could access psychology and becoming a therapist through a spiritual lens mm -hmm. um, and back then it was really only death psychology mm -hmm. you know we only studied Freud and Jung and um, all of these sort of CBT things mm -hmm. you know, didn't really exist yet yeah um, so um, it was really all I knew yeah of psychology and to be able to match that with my spiritual inclination mm -hmm. was sort of a dream so the whole reason I ended up at Antioch was for that specialization. For that. Wow. Yeah. Wonderful. And yeah. I interviewed also Julie Rodriguez, who was one of the first people who was helping Antioch develop the specialization. Oh, wow. And I forget the exact year that it was, but it hasn't been around. It's only been around for a number of years. Yeah, I know that it's been a smallish number of years. Yeah. I'm not sure the exact number. But yeah, so it's interesting because it's also a new thing for Antioch, even though I Antioch didn't realize that until I was getting close to graduation. And I think I yeah. heard it, it hasn't been around more than, I don't know, five, seven yeah, like years. Five or, something yeah. Like something that. like yeah, that. And yeah. I'm so grateful that you know, it, things yeah. happen when they're supposed to. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I guess this might be sort of an obvious question given your explanation of what brought you to the program in terms of how it really blended well with your sort of existing study of Buddhism and other spiritual 
paths, but I'm curious about how you feel STP differs from some of the other specializations in terms of anything, really, in terms of their approach to psychology or just how you felt that the classes address certain issues or just sort of your experience of the specialization while you were there? I think for me, I, I got the best advice from Matt, my advisor, <laughs> Matt <laughs> when, I was, yeah. right, when I was first um, joining Antioch. And I specifically wanted to work with um, veterans and PTSD. Mm-hmm. And so I was torn, even though SCP had brought me to Antioch, Mm -hmm. Then there was also the trauma specialization. Oh, right, yeah. And I was trying to figure out if there was a way for me to meld the two of them. Mm -hmm. And he gave me really good advice. And he said, don't think so much about the population you want to work with, but focus on how you want to sit with your clients. Mm. And so for me, that was really the richness of the STP program. Yeah. And I heard that from a lot of people because being friends with people in other specializations the work you do, the inner work you do in that journey of self-discovery, mm-hmm. um, I think SDP is almost, um, you know, society and the individual to the extreme. Right. Because yeah. it's really uncovering all of your transgenerational stuff and all mm-hmm. of your cultural stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So it was, a, it was a lot of intense um, personal work. Yeah. But it also has really guided very much how I sit with my clients today. Mm -hmm. I mean, I use mindfulness with my groups. I use mindfulness with my individual clients. Mm -hmm. Um, I meditate before every client comes in just so that I can really be present with them and not have my mind spinning about whatever else has been going on in the day. So Mm -hmm. I think it's really enriched just how I am as a therapist. Right. Um, That's a really, um, that's great advice that, um, Matthew Silverstein gave you in terms of thinking about how you want to work because I think that I might be um I might fall into the trap of of sort of looking at the population and thinking oh well if I you know only want to work with this population then I should study this specialization but it's kind of more important like you said sort of how you work yeah so I think that's a yeah, great way it's to a think really it. good it's a really good foundation the mm-hmm. rest of it Learning how to work with trauma, that's, for me, has been stuff I've learned along the way. We take classes in that anyway. Right, right. And then it's seeking out opportunities for internship experience mm-hmm. with that and ongoing education. Right. You know? But I think the SDP part really gave me the foundation of, of the type of therapist I wanted to be in, yeah. the, in the room. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, it sounds like you had a great experience. I did. Well, before I move on, I would love to hear about your traineeship experience. But before I do that, I want to know, this is a new question that I just added that I haven't asked any of my other interviewees, but I'm curious if you have a favorite STP class that you took along the way since you have taken them all at this point since you're a graduate. I did take them all. Um, And I found myself with every class saying that this was my favorite class until I took the next one. I, I loved the mindfulness class mm. with Roger Nolan because yeah. I really, um, just to see the different ways to apply it in a really structured way was mm-hmm. was a great learning experience for me. Yeah. Um, Frontiers that Matt taught, I think, was the most challenging class that I took because it that really was, forced yeah. me to think about the future and sort of oh, okay. what I'm going to do with this. And yeah, yeah. It really pulled me out of my comfort zone and oh, challenged me. Yeah. But I think probably my favorite class was um, Marley's um, 
was it intercultural? Oh yeah, transpersonal, transpersonal depth, intercultural depth psychology. A long title, but yeah, yeah. Um, that ended up actually, I think, being my personal favorite because yeah. I had taken it late enough, I think, mm-hmm. in my degree career, and it that was really sort of putting forth and sharing all the inner work you had done, right? right? And so I just yeah, and every class is as rich as the people in it. Right? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, that's um, true. But that was a particularly, um, really supportive class for me. Yeah, and it's interesting that you made the comparison, too, that um, a lot of the depth classes are so similar, in a way, to the society and the individual class, which can often be, um, I mean, I remember being intimidated by it myself because it's the one class that you take at your first quarter, and if you fail it, then you can't continue in the program. And there's so much, like, and personal sharing. Yeah, it's, and it's a lot of personal uh, yeah. sharing, yes. and I remember being really terrified and asking other students about their experience, and everyone said, don't worry, it'll, it will be fine, you will right. pass through, you know. Right. But also, it is a really challenging class in terms of all the inner work that you do, and so that comparison of how a lot of the SCB courses are so much like that class um, is, I think, a really great comparison because I found that to be true as well in many different ways and looking at depth psychology from different angles, whether Mm -hmm. it's erotic transference or like Marley's class, you know, transpersonal and intercultural. The the title is long, like you mentioned. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, they all have a different way to look at how to do inner work, whether it's from, you know, whatever perspective. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah. It was was a very intense experience. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I, I, this is yeah. a sigh agreeing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay. So well, I'd love to hear about some of your traineeship experiences. Um, if you want to tell us where you're, I know that you're transitioning into a new place of employment now, but maybe yes. if you could tell um, our listeners a little bit about your traineeship and if you've had an opportunity, like where that where that was or is, and then if you've had an opportunity to use some of the SDP things that you've learned um, with your clients. Yeah, I, for sure I have. I'm fortunate I started doing a traineeship at U.S. Vets, which mm-hmm. is um, transitional housing for homeless veterans, mm-hmm. male veterans. So mm-hmm. it's a very specific population. Yeah. And it was really interesting for me because when it, it was very supportive, Right off the bat, I started with, you know, 10 individual clients a week and kind of threw me into the deep end. But in an environment of, you know, my clinical supervisor was just, he was also a depth, you know, psychodynamic Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. therapist. And he just said, you know, experiment. This is a traineeship. This is Mm -hmm. your time to try all the things that have meant something to you. Right. Which um, I think is such great advice, too. In your too. learning, which yeah. was fantastic. So I, was, yeah. I wasn't stuck sort of pigeonholed into, well, this is what we do here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was surprised because I expected to have client after client of combat PTSD, and it was going to be really intense. And, mm-hmm. um, and I did have a few of those, but mm-hmm. I, I would say probably 80% of my clients came in to talk because they had really deep childhood mm. trauma. Hmm. and sort of all that universal stuff. Yeah. Right? And so I was surprised at how universal all those themes are. Mm-hmm. And I definitely, for a lot of them, with all the experiences they've had throughout their life, you know, being in the military after all that childhood stuff, mm-hmm. for a lot of them, grounding and breathing and mm-hmm. all that stuff, when they learned that they could 
regulate themselves a little bit yeah um was really really helpful for them so i used i use still a lot of mindfulness with them yeah uh, we start every session that way and how does that look for you with your clients do you do a, like a short breathing so uh, yeah the first five minutes is we'll do some breathing together some of them want to yeah. actually have a guided meditation some of them mm -hmm. just want to do some body regulating deep breathing where i count for them and help them slow down their breath and just mm -hmm. really come into the room and yeah be able to relax for a minute because they've been in survival mode for so long yeah. out on the streets yeah. so just to have that space where they can slow down and be present and sort of shut everything else out for a minute yeah and then um really just being curious about everything that happened to them mm -hmm. earlier right so whether mm -hmm. it's attachment or whatever is going on for them mm -hmm. um, i don't necessarily talk about it with them mm -hmm. because for them it just feels so good to have someone listen. So particularly mm -hmm. male veterans, my clients have never been in therapy before. Yeah. I have a couple who who have and are there to continue, but mm -hmm. most of them, it's their first time. Yeah. And, so and when you say space, you don't talk about it with them, um, what do you mean exactly? Do you mean there? Yeah, I don't sit there and say, well, perhaps you have a reactive attachment style. Oh, right. You're you not psychoeducating yeah, yeah, about yeah. the modality. I don't, yeah. right. I don't mm -hmm. do psychoeducation with them that way. Yeah. But but just having that sort of information in the back of my head yeah. helps me, I guess, ask more intuitive questions to be able to follow mm -hmm. and, and have them sort of unearth their own um, early traumas that maybe they haven't wanted to look at or yeah. haven't admitted to themselves. So that's been really helpful. And then yeah. it's also a supportive environment where they wanted me to start running groups and they said, run, oh. run whatever you want. Wow. So I've been able to do some mindfulness groups and oh, wow. teach meditation. And um, that's been really, really fun for me. Yeah. To sort of what an come opportunity. Up with my own. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's that's so exciting. Yeah. yeah. So it's been a great, a great experience there for sure. Yeah. And are you um, still practicing there or you had mentioned that you are transitioning into, since you, I think that you said you recently got your intern number or it's on the way. Yes, I got my intern You got your I intern have number. I my license <gasps> frame. How exciting. Yes, Congratulations. Very exciting. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they made it feel so official. Oh, it is official. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I, the clinical supervisor there left recently. Mm -hmm. So, um. I've been getting supervision from a different site, mm -hmm. but so right now we're only running groups. So uh, I don't have okay. any individual clients right now, mm -hmm. um, which is one of the reasons I'm, I've chosen to move on because mm -hmm. I, I would like training in another population as well. Yeah. I'm always going to want to help veterans and that will be yeah. something I will certainly come back around to once mm -hmm. I'm licensed. Mm -hmm. But I think there's an advantage to several different internships and yeah. learning from different supervisors and mm -hmm. different populations. So I'm very, very fortunate that I um, accepted a position at Resilience Treatment Center, yeah. which is for people with acute mental illness who are being released from the hospital, mm. but need to stay residential for 30 to 60 days before they can step down to an outpatient um, facility. I see. So they're opening a new residence and I'm going to be a therapist there. I'm very excited to Wonderful. just really get the experience of working with acute trauma. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Well, yeah. congratulations Thank on the new you. position. Yeah. yeah. This is sort of a, a funny question, um, but I'm curious about basically I feel 
as though um, the STP language is so a personal to each person and b can be difficult to uh, sort of not that you have to explain it to clients but sometimes I find myself sort of like in the back of your mind like mm -hmm. you're using the example of maybe having attachment theory in the back of your mind and not psychoeducating your client about that but that's sort of what you're pulling from I found that when working with clients oftentimes I have some Jungian idea about an archetype or you know someone's feminine anima you know all the different right. like <laughs> right. terms that I've learned to understand and I'm not always going to share those terms with my clients and so I'm curious about how you have worked with your clients and what type of language you use to maybe talk about unconscious processes or you know whatever sort of you know, areas of depth psychology you pull from and how that is expressed right. with your clients? That's a great question. Um, I think I, I can still remember my very first client. I think you always do. Oh. <laughs> the first time I sit with somebody in a room. Yeah. Um, and he's, the been terror. With, he's been with me the longest, right? Wow. I know. They I didn't know. run away. They yeah. didn't run away. He ended up moving out, getting into permanent housing, oh, wow. and still coming back oh. because he wanted to continue the work he was doing. So That's wonderful. Um, for me, with, with him, just as an example, it's been more... Um, he'll say things, he'll come up with memories, something about his mother or something that happened with his siblings or his stepdad or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's really just more being able to ask the questions of, you know, mm -hmm. what does that tell you about yourself? Mm -hmm. What, what so messages did you get from that? Mm -hmm. um, how do you think that has impacted decisions you've made since then? Mm -hmm. So it's just sort of helping him connect the dots of things that happened really early in the light in his life and how mm -hmm. that may have created patterns now that he's not aware of, right? right. Instead of saying, well, unconsciously, maybe you're, you know, right, right. it's just real. it's asking the questions so that he can connect the dots and realize, oh, this is why I'm like this. This is why I think this. This is why I view this this way mm -hmm. and then help him reconstruct that right you know so what do you know about yourself from other experiences in your life and then we'll pull on some strengths you know he mm -hmm. has um, lost a tremendous amount of weight on his own and um, completely gotten off of all of his diabetes medications oh, wow. and he has a lot of real strengths that he hasn't paid any attention to mm. so helping him sort of rewrite who he is based mm -hmm. on new data instead of yeah, what you feel this way about yourself because of all these messages you got repeated and repeated and repeated. Right, which sounds a little bit um, like maybe narrative or strength focused or something like that. Which a little bit of that. A I little guess. bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm I'm curious too about you know working with homeless veterans as a population. If there are other modalities that you find um, that you pull from frequently, um, you know, you mentioned that your supervisor is psychodynamic, um, and you're an SDP graduate, right. obviously, <laughs> right. but I'm curious about working with that population and what other modalities you find yourself pulling from, if, if any, or does it really just vary per client? I think it's um, a little bit of sort of two things. Um, I absolutely think and conceptualize psychodynamically. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm hearing when my client's talking is all that stuff is just sort of popping for me, mm -hmm. all those connections. Um, but I also never know with my clients if I'm ever going to see them again mm -hmm. because they come and they go, maybe they have a problem with a roommate and they just take off and yeah. we had an, a standing appointment on Tuesdays, but they just never come back because they left the residence. Right. So I have to be really conscious of with 
each time I sit with them, Mm -hmm. trying to help them move forward somehow. So I end up doing um, some sort of solution focused, some of it Mm -hmm. comes out of a little narrative, I think, Mm -hmm. um, to help them get sort of immediate some sort of immediate relief yeah. from whatever's going on with them. Yeah. And then as I spend more time with them, we can do the depth work. And like I said, mm-hmm. I have one client who's been with me for over a year and a half. Oh, wow. Um, and I have several who have been with me a long time. Yeah. But that's not the norm there. Yeah. So I try to be really conscious of letting them leave feeling like they've improved mm-hmm. how they feel in some even small way. Yeah. Um, and then as they keep coming back, we can start talking about yeah. the deeper stuff. And as you're saying that, I'm just thinking what a challenge that must be just because of the nature of psychodynamic work and of depth work is that it's really a time, it takes a long time, it's a slow process, you're uncovering deep unconscious material. Right. I hadn't thought of that in terms of, of course, that that population, you know, right may not be a long-term thing depending on their environmental circumstances so yeah absolutely and I think yeah. it's having a, a depth psychology background mm-hmm. I think gives you a lot of insight into what's going on with a client whether or not mm-hmm. you ever have time to go that deep with them mm-hmm. I think it still informs you as a therapist in a way yeah that it's almost makes you much more culturally sensitive if mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah um because all that stuff is in there. Mm-hmm. And the more you're able to see it, I think the more sensitive and intuitive you can be with them Yeah. while you're doing the work. Right. Which is, I mean, sort of a part of the process of the program is to really do all of that inner work and really examine mm-hmm. and keep examining and then make sure that you examined enough and then <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> dig it up one more time <laughs> and then write another you're reflection never done. paper. You're, you're never, never done. done. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that's interesting, which I guess brings me to some of my sort of last questions. I'm curious about the idea of working with transference or counter-transference with your clients and if that is something that you are conscious of and how that informs your work as a therapist because that's such a depth psychology, you know, I feel like that's a whole, that's a whole course (laughs) at Antioch. (laughs) And with Mark, it's one of the more entertaining ones. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The arrows in the psyche. Yeah. Yeah. I took that early and I felt a little over my head. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I think what I learned from Mark and I think it's been super helpful for me sitting with clients is, you know, I have, I have super firm ethical boundaries, Mm -hmm. which we all should have, Mm -hmm. but that can be rigid sometimes too. And Mm -hmm. I think what I learned from Mark is you don't necessarily want to pop the transference bubble Mm. too quickly because that's where a lot of the work could be done. Right. So I think what's helped me and my clients don't have any boundaries, right? They have been living on the streets. Yeah. They're in a residence where I work. So they see me in dual roles. Oh, interesting. Um, Yeah. So, and they all think I'm their friend. Right. So it, holding those boundaries can be really um, tricky. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think the work can be had in understanding how they're viewing me mm-hmm. and what transference they're having with me and exploring right. that yeah. instead of just saying, well, you know that I'm your therapist and we can never go there. Right. Instead I love of just that. shutting that down. Yeah, right? I love to pop the transference yeah. bubble. I've never heard that. And then just <laughs> sitting with it for a minute and, and asking yeah. them, well, what, how does that feel for them and what, you know, mm-hmm. 
what what does that mean to them and what are they hoping for and why and all that I think yeah enriches the work mm-hmm. and I've had a couple of them for sure where I've been really aware of my countertransference in the room yeah either you know just really feeling like like this maternal pull to mm. yeah <laughs> to sort of reparent them um, which is not what I'm there to the, do. The every therapist curse. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and I've had some interesting personality disorders that have mm. really pulled up some some yucky stuff for me too. Mm. So yeah. it's really looking at what's going on with me right now and why is this right. person, you know, why am I having this reaction? But then right. being able to use that too. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm having that reaction, a lot of other people probably experience him that way as well. Right. And so it's really... Um, I think if transference and countertransference is about unconscious stuff, but to me, if you use it, it's what keeps you in the present. Mm. Because what's going on between us is what's going on in most of your relationships, probably. Right. Yeah. And so, how do we use that? Because this is how Mm -hmm. you. This is how you are in the world today. Right. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that completely. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very tricky to keep it all straight in your head it is tricky, when but, you're working. But like you somebody. said, it's information yeah. about how people experience them, and that can often be helpful even if you're having that yucky response to someone who right. has, you know, something prickly about their personality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's information too. So working yes. with that is, yeah. is a great tool. So, Well, I guess one of my last questions for you is just if you have any, uh, and I'm asking this to everyone because I love book recommendations, basically, (laughs) but it can be also any films or any sort of cultural things that you're looking to to help enrich your own process, learning about SDP concepts, or even if it's a favorite book from a course that you took or anything that you like to read. I'd love to hear. Oh, my goodness. I never stop reading, so it's been nice uh, because Antioch... There's no end of reading. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. What are my favorite books? I don't know. The, the last book I read actually was profoundly helpful for me. Yeah. And it was The Body Keeps the Score. Oh. And it's all about how trauma gets trapped in your body. Mm. And so um, it's all the early childhood stuff yeah. that we're so educated in, right, in our specialization. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of the differences and how to help someone through that childhood trauma does not get processed in our body the same way an adult trauma does. Mm. It was a, such a fascinating read. What's it called again? To me, the body keeps the score. The body keeps the score. Okay. Yeah, it was. It sounds fascinating. It was a great book. So what I'm doing now is really um, spending my time getting deeper and deeper into trauma. Mm. Um, yeah sort of education because now I have this foundation of SDP I have my legs under me a little bit of I know who mm-hmm. I am as a therapist mm-hmm. and now I'm filling in more of how can I help the clients with all of that that stuff yeah that they're that holding on to for so long and it is yeah. you know I know from my own experience stress and trauma that stuff all shows up in our body and yeah. our health mm-hmm. um, and how to help people through that yeah. So that they're not permanently on medication. Yeah. Or with deteriorating, you know, health. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's probably my the favorite book I've read recently. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's probably a great place to end. So I just want to thank you so much for coming and having a conversation with me about your experience at Antioch. It's been a pleasure. Me too. Thank you. This was fun. Thank you so much, it. Susan. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. 
This project is made with the assistance and supervision of Professor Jacqueline Pinn, Antioch University, and the Spiritual Depth Psychology Program here at Antioch University, Los Angeles.